Good morning, listeners. You're tuned into Mercury, a broadcast of hope for day 324 since we came back on the air. I'm Agnes Drew. Today we have a story from a survivor named Lita. She's nomadic and caught some of our broadcasts when she stayed with a listener in the area for a couple of nights this week. Just a warning, Lita's perspective may be a little different compared to the viewpoints we usually have on the air, and she may make some of you a little uncomfortable. But I started Stories for Stories so that we can share other voices, and I think a little diversity can be important. In exchange for her story, we gave her a copy of Kate Chapin's The Awakening. Here is Lita's story. I have always been drawn to the darkness. I have vivid memories of being a child, sitting on the patio of the house we lived in until I was six, playing board games with my parents. I've had it corroborated for me that my favorite game was Clue. And even if I couldn't articulate And even if I couldn't articulate it then, I understand that it was my favorite purely because it was the only board game in which somebody died. Like I said, I wasn't even 6 yet. And we moved. And I signed up for my first library card after After we moved and I signed up for my first library card, I would borrow books of ghost stories and creepy tales, even though I wasn't allowed to. I would hide them under my bed and read them in secret in the dead of night or whatever a ten-year-old would consider the dead of night. In middle school, I fell in love with horror movies, and in high school, I discovered true crime, poring over lurid articles about John Wayne Gacy and binging foreign films about possession. I've always liked the dark. I've always been pulled, even before knowing what I was being pulled to, towards the higher stakes, the drama, the more vivid and violent of passions. But even as I reveled in the cultural products of the dark, I never fantasized about real horror happening to me. I am not a violent person, and I never craved real violence. Even the stories of real-life killers seem distant when experiencing them through the filter of a writer and editor and time. And I liked it that way. I like the dark when I can digest it and critique it. The shock of a certain scene in a movie or the strange beauty in the description of a murder. When you can step back and look at symbolism and patterns and psychological triggers, that is when death becomes art. It's through a lens, not right in your face. But it's in our face now. Death is right here, reaching out at you with the cold hands of a neighbor or a stranger. Death looks like a person you knew or could have known. It's not a monster or a masked man. It's not on the page. It's here. It's you. It's me. The first time I put a zombie down was worse than I could have imagined. The thing that no movies or books can fully convey is the smell of death. It's a smell I recognized, having cats growing up who often deposited birds and chipmunks on my front step in the night. It's sweet and earthy and metal, like rotten fruit without the zing. 
but nothing could have prepared me for the cloud of scent that filled the short stretch of air between me and that undead man when I swung my hatchet at its swollen skull. It was overwhelming. I was, however, prepared for the blood. There was less than I imagined, but more than later zombies I would encounter. The corpse was relatively fresh, and the half-hearted spurt of thick goo that dribbled at the wound was darker than I had seen in the movies. It was easier to clean than I had thought, though. There were no Lady Macbeth moments later when I washed the dried spots off my hands in the collection of rainwater that still lingered in the basin of a bird bath. The zombie blood flaked and dissolved, undoing what I had done in a matter of moments. But clean hands do not equal a clean heart. Like most, that first kill changed me. But maybe changed isn't quite the right word. Rather, it unlocked something that had drowsed inside me since before my conception. The primal desire to survive. I had inherited this part of me from my ancestors, the ancient warriors and hunters who knew that blood and death were simply parts of life and that a willingness to kill could be a strength. Society would tell us that we have evolved past this trait, that we no longer need to destroy other things to keep us alive, but society has been proven wrong. Even before the fall, most of us subsisted on meat, a byproduct of a death. We let others do our slaughtering and pretended that we never had a hand in the expiration of another thing. I do not say this with disgust. I say it with reverence. And now our society has fallen, and we have no leaders and laws to look to. Instead, we have those old parts of our ancient hearts, the warrior spirits, to lead us out of danger and into life. We kept these parts of us fed without acknowledging it. We filled the theater seats for films of carnage and terror. Not just horror, but war movies and action films that raked up impossible body counts. We let shooting become a sport, both virtually in our video games and on ranges that allowed paper silhouettes to stand in for hypothetical human adversaries. We are all in our own innocuous ways, drawn to the dark. I would never hurt another innocent. I only strike out to defend myself from the undead, and I hope I never have to kill another member of the living. I have been lucky. My encounters with other survivors have never been violent, though some have been tense. But I know without the shadow of a doubt, that I can trust the warrior spirit, the dark part of my heart, the part of me that is unafraid and unashamed to fight for my life above all else, to pull me through it. I am drawn to the dark, and I believe that is what will keep me alive. Thanks, Lita, for your story. We hope that by sharing your unique viewpoint, we might make some other listeners who feel the same 
feel less alone. I also hope that some listeners can feel empowered by your courage and see their own survival as something worth fighting for. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Agnes Drew, signing off. Take care of each other.